Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Leviticus chapter 25 is where we're going to go. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and go. It's going to be easy today. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And you might be familiar with that book because that's probably where you're read the Bible through in a year program has gone to die in the past. And uh, <laughs> if you can make it through Leviticus, Deuteronomy, then happy sailing from there. But, but you know, there really, there really is some profit here, some good in the book of Leviticus. 25th chapter, beginning with the 10th verse. Here's what it says, and you shall consecrate the 50th year. This is the Lord speaking through Moses, giving instruction for the children of Israel. Consecrate the 50th year. And here's what I want you to do. Proclaim liberty. Proclaim liberty. Throughout all the land to all its inhabitants, it shall be a jubilee for you. So this is our jubilee year. And each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine. In other words, you're not going to eat stuff that just grows up naturally. You're going to have put aside and prepared. Verse 12, for it is the jubilee, and it shall be holy to you, and you shall eat its produce from the field. In this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. And if you sell anything to your neighbor or buy anything of your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. I want to preach for a little while today about a legacy of liberty. A legacy of liberty. Amen. God's not finished what he's, he's been doing. He's going to continue his work. Will somebody agree with me? Is anybody going to pull with me in the spirit today? We're going to let the word work. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. What I feel working already in this service, I'm just going to declare it right here at the beginning. Deliverance is the will of God. Come on, somebody shout amen. Deliverance. Deliverance is the will of God. It's what God wants for his people. From the inception of time in the garden until the conclusion of the Bible in the book of Revelation, we see man's need to be liberated, followed by God's desire to do it for them. We see this in Scripture, whether the children of Israel were in Egypt or whether they were carried away in captivity in Babylon, God's people were captive and they were in need of deliverance and the Lord was always right there waiting to do the deed. All they had to do was call on him. All they had to do was turn to him because God wants his people to be free. God desires for his children to be victorious. God wants you and I to walk in liberty. It's the will of God. Somebody shout, it's the will of God. When you view the Bible as a whole, 
it can be reduced to three main parts. First, there's creation. Then there's captivity. Of course, sin enters the picture, and we, we now have a, a, a sin nature. And so there's creation followed by captivity, and then the Lord does his work, and that's deliverance. So because of that, ultimately, deliverance is the will of God for us. One of the most vivid illustrations of this desire of God for deliverance is found in the biblical concept of jubilee. We read about it just a moment ago in our text, and we touched on just a little bit of what Jubilee was about, and I'm going to share some more in just a moment, but before I do that, I want to set a little context here. One thing that we know about God is God doesn't do anything by happenstance. There's no accidents or coincidences with God, and and when it comes to numbers, God, God, God gives significance to numbers. And so think about this. The number one has great significance. Anybody here today know that there's one Lord? Does anybody here today know that there's one God? Does anybody know what the name of that God is today? There is one gospel. There is one faith. We heard about it last Sunday. There's one baptism. There's not many baptisms. There's only one biblical baptism. There's one salvation. There's not multiple doors that you can walk through, but there's one door. There's one salvation. Then the number four, the number four is associated with the world. There's four seasons. There's four hemispheres. There's four winds. There's four points to the compass, north, south, east, and west. Then there's the number six, and six is man's number. There's six kingdoms, and there's six cities of refuge for sinners and that we read about in the Bible. And then, of course, there's the three sixes. That, that is the man of, of sins. It's a number for man and sin's number. But, but when you get to the next number, you get to the number seven of God. Seven is the number of completion. It's the number of perfection. There, there are seven colors in the symbol of God's promise that he put in the sky, the rainbow. There's seven colors that are there. There's seven times they were instructed to sprinkle the blood. Seven times the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho and then they fell. Seven times Elisha's servant went out looking for the miraculous rain that was to come. Seven times Naaman dipped in the Jordan River. In Psalm 119, we are told to praise God seven times a day. Anybody been trying to do that? If not, that's a good habit to get in. You know what? Seven, don't stop there. Why why stop with seven? You can go beyond that. Just praise God all day long. However, the number seven reaches its, its pinnacle when applied to the Sabbath. The Sabbath day. Listen, God, God created the world in six days. That's what the word tells us. And then on the seventh day, he ceased. On the seventh day, he rested. In like manner, the fourth commandment in God's top ten was to work six days, but then to keep the seventh holy. God said, don't, don't go out and gather manna on the Sabbath day. Don't, don't go out and gather sticks. Don't build a fire. Keep this day set apart unto me. It's a day of rest. It's a holy day, that seventh day. Not only did God institute the observance of the Sabbath day, but he also made allowance for the Sabbath year. 
the Sabbath year, and they were told, they were instructed, you know what, you can go out in the six years before, and you can, you can do all your work, and you can work and plow the fields, and, and you can sow your seed, and you can reap, and you can gather up, and you can store up in those six years, but when you get to the seventh year, you let the fields rest. You let the fields rest in that seventh year. It's a Sabbath year. And then we come to the God concept of Jubilee. You see, Jubilee was that after seven Sabbath years, or if you're thinking about it like this and doing a little bit of math, after seven years times seven, after 49 years, on that 50th year, that was the year of Jubilee. You had a Sabbath every seven days. You had a Sabbath year every seven years, and then every 49 years after that, the 50th year was to be recognized and celebrated as the year of Jubilee. And God decreed that, hey, when that comes around, when Jubilee arrives, that's the time for debts to be forgiven. That's the time for property to be returned. That's the time for captives of the prisons to be emptied out and captives to be set free. That's the time for liberty to be proclaimed. That was the desire of God. That was the will of God. That every 49 years, there would be a time of liberty. That every, after seven Sabbath years, there would be a year of jubilee. Now think about this, the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day was for the individual. It benefited the individuals. The Sabbath, the Sabbath year, that was for the household. It benefited everybody. They weren't out working in the fields all day long. They were trusting God that what we've done in the six years prior, God's going to provide. And what we put in the barn, what, what we stored up, God is going to be sufficient. And so, so we're going to be together and our household is going to be renewed and our, our household is going to benefit. So the Sabbath was for the individual. The Sabbath year was for the household. But can I tell you the year of Jubilee, that was for the entire nation. That was for everybody. It wasn't for some and not for others. Yes, the idea was absolutely to benefit everybody. It was a universal pardoning. That's what Jubilee was about. It, listen, everybody starts over. Everybody gets to start fresh. It doesn't matter what you did in the years past. In Jubilee, everybody starts over. But the true beneficiaries, I'll tell you this, it was the marginalized. The ones who would really benefit from Jubilee was the poor. It was the captive. For them, the year of Jubilee was absolutely a year of deliverance. It was intended to bring liberty to the oppressed. It was intended to bring freedom to the burdened and the bound. It was intended to provide hope for the hopeless because deliverance is the will of God. But I got to let you know that even though God commissioned this, even though this was God's desire, even though this was the will of the Lord, even though it was what he wanted, even though it was an incredible concept and debts would have been forgiven and wrongs would have been righted and liberty would have been granted to his people, even though that's what God wanted, it never happened. 
all through the pages of the Old Testament, Jubilee never became a reality. It was a gift that God said, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is what I desire for you. I I I want you to be delivered. I want you to be set free. I want you to be able to have a fresh start. God wanted that. It was a beautiful thing. It was a gift from the heart of God, and it would have resulted in so much good. It would have resulted in clean slates and fresh starts and new beginnings. It would have resulted in families being reunited. It would would have resulted in indentured servants being released and debilitating debts being erased. And even though God desired it, it never happened. Not one time do we read about it occurring in the Old Testament. So we move to the New Testament. And when you arrive in the New Testament, listen, because if, if deliverance is God's will for us, then I want you to know it's going to happen. God let it be known in Leviticus, this is what I see. This is what I want for you. Every seven days, you've got a Sabbath. Every every seven years, you've got a Sabbath year. And, And every 49, 50 on that 50th year is to be a jubilee. This is what I want. This is what I desire. And listen, if God's will is for deliverance, I want you to know it's going to happen. It's going to become a reality. The word was spoken. The prophecy was uttered and it will not return void. So how did it happen? Well, it was there immediately after Jesus had been tempted in the in the wilderness by the devil and he was beginning his earthly Galilean ministry that we read this beginning in Luke chapter 4 verse 16 it says so he he being Jesus he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, and he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Everybody say the seventh day. He was keeping the Sabbath. And he stood up to read. He handed the book. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place. Listen, he wasn't playing Bible roulette. Oh, let's just see what page it falls through, and that must be what I need to read today. Come on, if, that, if that's your approach to Bible reading, you need to change your approach. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes God can't work that way, but that's not a good systematic approach to Bible reading. Mm, let's see, just whatever it is. No. And I can promise you that's not what Jesus was doing. It just so happened to fall open to this page. It just so happened to fall open to this one. No, no. But he, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, Here's what it says. He found the place where it was written. So he's speaking of the messianic prophecy that is found in Isaiah chapter 61. And he began to quote from that prophecy. He began to declare, this is the will of God. This is what God spoke through the prophet. This is what God said even back in Leviticus. This is what God's desire is. This is what God wants for his people. And he began to read, and here's what he read in verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim what? To proclaim liberty to who? 
to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And here we go again, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The acceptable year. The acceptable year. We'll put it together. Minute. While the Israelites living in a year came along and he prophesied in Isaiah 61 and he said the Messiah if you is going to come along and the Messiah is going to say the spirit of the Lord is upon me then the Messiah is going to come and he's going to declare it the acceptable year when you study that out when you study out the acceptable year of the Lord what does that mean what, what, is, what is this all about, the acceptable year of the Lord? But I'm going to tell you, you can, go, you can go study this this afternoon, but it doesn't take you just, just a real, real shallow search. But you'll find out that when Isaiah coined that phrase, the acceptable year of the Lord, he was talking about Jubilee. He, he was talking about what God wanted. He was talking about what God desired for his people. He wanted liberation. He wanted deliverance. So the acceptable year of the Lord is the year of jubilee. And listen, I'm here to tell somebody again that deliverance is the will of God for you. It's what he wants. It's what he desires. It is acceptable. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. The narrative continues, Luke 4, verse 20. Here's what it says. Then he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. You know why? Because they knew about Leviticus. They knew about the concept of Jubilee. They, they, they were familiar with the messianic prophecy found in Isaiah 61. And here Jesus is standing up and he is declaring in their hearing, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's telling them about the acceptable year of the Lord. And so they're beginning to wonder, could this be the Messiah? Could this be the one? Could this be the fulfillment? We've heard about Jubilee. We think it's a wonderful concept, but we've never been able to enact it. Could this be the one so all their eyes were fixed on him in verse 21 it says and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled what you haven't been able to do on your own what God gifted to you but you couldn't bring into reality this prophecy today is fulfilled in your hearing in essence, Jesus is saying, you've heard about Jubilee? I'm bringing it to you. <laughs> you've heard about this concept? Well, I'm the embodiment of it. Listen, the beautiful thing about Jesus declaring the acceptable year of the Lord is that in the past, the concept of Jubilee was something that was only legal or allowed for a calendar year. But with Jesus, every day can be Jubilee. <laughs> 
Oh, hallelujah, we're in our 50th year, but let me tell you something. We're not restricted to revival just in this year. We're not restricted to 21 people being baptized and 10 receiving the Holy Ghost just in this year because with Jesus every day. I want you to know Jubilee was good. Jubilee was good. The idea of Jubilee was good. Jesus is better. Hallelujah. I said Jesus is better. The writer of Hebrews, speaking of the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, said it like this. He said, we, through Jesus, we have a new and a better covenant. Jubilee was good, but Jesus is better. Think, think about it. What, what, if, what if the Israelites would have actually been able to live this out? Well, what if after, after those seven Sabbath years, they, they would have had an actual year of Jubilee? That would, that would have been great, no doubt. That it was a God idea, not a man idea. So no doubt it would have been incredible. It, it would have been wonderful. It would have been life-changing. But what if you got burdened with a debt that you couldn't pay back in year three after Jubilee? What, 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 was that, what does that do? What, you'd have to wait 47 years for the next Jubilee to roll around. What, what if some calamity befell you in year number 10 after Jubilee? Oh, you'd have hope that, hey, you know what, if I can just hold on, if I can just make it to Jubilee, but that's 40 years. That's a long time. It's good, yes, but I'll tell you today, Jesus is better. Jubilee's good, yes. The Old Testament's good, yes. But we've got a better covenant, hallelujah. And his name is Jesus. And I want to declare to somebody today, you don't have to wait another day. You don't have to wait another minute. You don't even have to wait another second because Jesus is here. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Today, this scripture, this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. If you're poor in spirit, the soul-saving gospel of Jesus Christ is available to you right now. If you're brokenhearted, the healer is in the house. If you're held captive by sin or addiction, I declare to you today, you can be free today. Today, you don't have to wait 49 years. If you're oppressed, you can be liberated because deliverance is the will of God for you. It's the will that your chains are broken. That's the will of God for you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say it again. Deliverance is the will of God. Deliverance is the will of God. Your spiritual condition, hallelujah, if you are bound, if, if, you are, if you are oppressed today, that's not the will of God for you. It's the reason that he instituted the idea of the year of Jubilee in the first place. With the concept of Jubilee, listen, a legacy of liberty was inaugurated and Jesus was the fulfillment. Not just a year of Jubilee every 49, every 50th year, no. 
but every day, every moment. Hallelujah. You can have access to life change. Your, 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 your life can be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ because he is the fulfillment of the will of God for you that you walk in liberty. Let, let me drill this home a little bit more. Concerning his call to be a prophet, God told Jeremiah of old, he told him this in Jeremiah 1 and 5. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet of the nations. He's telling Jeremiah, look, I called you. And then he said, then, then said I, Jeremiah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. That's what he said. He's making up excuses. In the next verses, God goes on to say, you know, don't, don't say that. Don't, don't be afraid. And then the Lord put forth his hand. I'm just kind of summarizing what happens in the next verses. And the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth. And he told Jeremiah, I put my words in your mouth. Go in confidence. I'm going to give you what to say. And then he was going to go out to serve. And God told him, you go out and you say what I tell you to say. And you don't worry about what the people say. You just worry about me and what I'm telling you to do. And you don't worry about the response of anybody else. And he told him, he said, because I've called you and I've made you strong. Then in verse 19, we read this. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. Why? For I am with you, says the Lord, to do what? Come on, what's he going to do for Jeremiah? To deliver you, Jeremiah, I'm telling you, this is my will for you. You're going to persevere. You're going to make a difference. I'm going to deliver you. Deliverance is the will of God. Somebody needs to get a hold of it today. It's the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. Re remember Samson in Judges 16? At the end of his life, he was blind. He was full of shame. Had his eyes poked out. He was, he was just overcome with, with guilt. The Bible says that they took him out and they positioned him between two pillars. That He requested that, take me out, just, just position me here. And he's here and he is, he's just a, a picture of failure. Shame and overcome with, 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 with grief. And listen, was, was that God's will for Samson? Church, was that God's will that, that he would end his life? Samson made some very bad choices. And because of that, he wound up in this place. That was not God's idea for him. That's not what God, God wanted to live. God wanted to continue to use him in a mighty way. So here Samson was, and he was experiencing trouble of his own making. But you know what he did? He cried out for help. In that place where he'd made bad decisions, in that place where he had gone against what God wanted him to do, he got to a point, he said, you know what, God, if you'll just move on me one more time, if you'll just hear me one more time. The Bible says he cried out to the Lord, and God came to his rescue. Why? Because it's the will of God for us to be free. 
Listen, the circumstances behind why you are and why you're in the situation you're in right now, that doesn't really matter. We can't go back and undo yesterday, but what you need to do is make up your mind. I'm going to cry out to God. I don't believe this is my destiny. I don't believe this is my legacy, but I'm supposed to live in deliverance. Come on, if you'll cry out to him, he will deliver. He will liberate regardless of why you're where you are. Oh, does anybody believe that today? He delights to come to your rescue. He delights to hear your voice. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's let the word work today. Let's let the word work. Jesus, Jesus. Mm, Jesus, have your way, God. Oh, yes. I believe it. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh. Mm. Yes. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He said this is your moment and somebody needs to believe that today. Hallelujah. Don't put it off. God's not in delay. God responds to faith. And this is your moment. This is your moment. Today, this prophecy is fulfilled in your ears. We don't have to wait for Jubilee. Jesus is better than Jubilee. Deliverance is the will of God for you. Deliverance is the will of God for you. It's the will of God for your family. It's the will of God for your friends. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, Jesus. Isaiah 58 and 6, God asked this. He said, is this not the fast that I have chosen? And here's the reason why. Because here's what I want to do. If you'll just obey me, I want to loose the bonds of wickedness. I want to undo those heavy burdens. I want to let the oppressed go free. And I want to break every yoke. That's God's will. That's what he wants. The demoniac of Gadara. Listen, we don't know what his name was, but he was called Legion. The reason was because he was possessed of so many devils and the crowd, the the townspeople couldn't control him. They would try to lock him and chain him up and he would just break the chains. But one day Jesus stepped on the shore of Gadara. And the Bible says that that man who was possessed with a legion of demons that he took off running and he fell at the feet of Jesus. And when Jesus left that day, the Bible tells us that that man was clothed and in his right mind. Why? Because deliverance is the will of God. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. In Acts 16, we find Paul and Silas bound hand and foot in the dungeon. We know the story. They're singing at midnight. They're praising the Lord in that dungeon. The the Lord sent an earthquake and the prison doors flew open. Listen, I want you to know something, that God would have still been God if they'd have died in that dungeon. 
It wouldn't have changed who he was one single bit. He would have still been God. But no, what did he do? He didn't want them in that dungeon. And so he sent an earthquake and it broke them out and all the other prisoners because deliverance is the will of God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me right now? I pray that somebody would experience a, a personal jubilee today. Jubilee is about liberty. It's about deliverance. It's a declaration that I am no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to my flesh. I'm no longer a slave to culture. I'm no longer a slave to the opinion of others. It's a declaration I'm not going to be ensnared anymore. You don't have to be hostage, held hostage by your past another day. You don't need to be held hostage by fear or anxiety or your horrible habits. You don't have to be held hostage by debilitating addictions today. It's not the will of God for you to be oppressed. It's not the will of God for you to be enslaved in your sin. It's not God's will for you to be lost. No deliverance. Deliverance is the will of God for you. I'm going to close with this. I believe there's great insight to the heart of Jesus. When he teaches this lesson in the New Testament, he teaches his disciples how to pray. We know it is the Lord's prayer, right? And here's what he tells them to do. Pray like this, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us. But deliver us. God, we need you to deliver us from evil. Oh, come on, there's a dual meaning contained here. And the first is that it's God's will for you to be delivered. But the second meaning here is you gotta want it. I said, you've got to want it, and you've got to be willing to pray for it today. Hallelujah. Jubilee is here. Jesus is here. It's not God's will that you live in bondage. Deliverance is the will of God for you. Listen, this altar's open right now, and I want you to know that old habits can be broken today in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke and they can be broken. Old attitudes can be shattered today. Old walls and barriers can come crashing down. This is the day that this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. You don't have to wait. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.